Namaste and welcome to a brand new episode of Kaskura Podcast. I'm with you, Rama. And I'm Anuja. Welcome. Welcome. So, Anuja, what are we going to talk about today? So, Rama, today, if we have viewers that are looking forward to coming to America as an international student, or if they know anybody who is trying to come to America as an international student, this is the episode for you. So we started this podcast because we wanted to share our own experiences as international students. So today in this episode, we are mainly going to focus on two things. First thing is, what does it mean to be an international student? What What is the value that you bring into American economy as international student? And number two is few things that we went through uh, in our own experiences and few things that you must know before you enter the United States as international student. So yeah, we were combing through a lot of articles mm-hmm. and uh, we came across this um, data collected by Open Door, mm-hmm. which is a branch of an organization that's associated with the Department of Homeland Security. And I think this will really give you a good picture of what kind of value you bring to the American economy as an international student. Because I think... Um, in the process of coming to this country, we kind of forget our value. You know, we're pretty much yeah. treated like a second-class citizen. Second-class citizen, for sure, yeah. yes. And, and we'll share the article for you to read. It's like 13 pages article, um, but we extracted some great points, right, from yeah, the article. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think... Putting it into numbers, Open Doors states that in 2017, the international student education was a $42 billion economy mm-hmm. for America. So I think that's a huge amount of money. Yes, it's a huge amount of money that international students are injecting to American economy. But at the same time, uh, there are a lot of struggles. It's not all cakewalk. There's a lot of documents that you need to maintain as international student, which we're going to talk about in detail. And another thing is... Um, maintaining your academic role, right? Mm-hmm. You can just like get a visa, come here and just flunk you know, all the classes. Yeah, flunk all the classes. <laughs> you can't <laughs> you can do that. And um, I think the third thing we want to talk about is I think Anuja and I, we both have gone through this experience where we feel like there's a huge manpower gap uh, for mm-hmm. for a business that's bringing in 42 billion in American economy. We don't think that there's enough people guiding and helping international students. So it kind of gives an impression that international students are, you know, they're... They're pretty much set up to fail. Set up to fail, yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to discuss a little bit about that as well. Um, Anuja, do you want to elaborate a little bit on, um, you know, like what are the paperwork that you need to maintain as as an international student? Yes, we have the CVIS, we have the I-20. Um, make sure your passport doesn't expire. Usually we get a 10-year passport, passport mm-hmm. so that passport, should be yes. good. Um, and in ter- talking of I-20, every time you make any minor changes or major changes to your major or you're like seeking an extra semester to complete your degree, you know, sometimes things happen and you end up taking the wrong classes and that also is a huge chance to be a few times (laughs) and you might have to take an extra semester which will make you stay longer than what your visa might be so that needs to be updated on your i-20 and as soon as you come into this country the i-20 that you were sent by your college the first i-20 ever keep that Mm -hmm. but your DSO um, or your um, officer mm-hmm. at the International Student Service mm-hmm. should be updating that and give, giving you a new I-20. Yes, uh, that is a very important piece. I don't think that was mentioned 
anywhere before I entered America. So you get a CV's number. It's a student identification number if you enter America with a F visa and M visa. You get the CV's number, which you need to have. It's a very important number. And then I-20, like Anuja mm-hmm. said, every time there's any changes in your school or major, they issue you a new I- I-20 and you have to maintain it. Like, for example, I had, I think, four I-20s, you know, because... Oh, girl. I, like, with grad and undergrad school, I've had, I think, 10 or 12. Mm-hmm, yes. And until you, I don't know, whatever your plan is um, to go back to your country or stay here and apply for permanent resident or citizenship, you have to maintain all the original, mm-hmm. not copy, the original I-20s um, throughout... Keep them. Yes, keep them. It's like, put it on a safe or something. Yeah. yeah. And um, okay, so those are the two important document that comes into my mind, apart from visa and your passport. Uh, And should we talk a little bit about academia and the pressure that you have as an international student um, to maintain your academic standing? Before we move on, though, I Mm want to talk about CVS really quickly. Okay. Um, Always, always remember if sometimes, you know, uh, to save money, Mm -hmm. smart kids, um, when they're going to undergrad school, you have four years of education, right? But the first two years of education, like we spoke about in the last episode, Mm -hmm. is that um, you have to take like basic prereq classes or elective classes. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're planning to go to a community college to finish those classes, save some money, which community colleges are much cheaper than four-year universities. So if you're planning to do that, make sure that your CVS number is transferred over to the community college. And Mm -hmm. when you transfer back to your uh, university, make sure that it's transferred back because this has happened to one of my really close friends Mm -hmm. and pretty much cruise you over. It it is not a a happy thing when your numbers doesn't match. Exactly. And, And, you know, I think, Anuja, you and I will do a separate episode on uh, you, uh, the American system, like classes and registration, that kind of stuff. So we're definitely yeah, going to talk about system. Yeah, the schooling system. We'll talk about we that as well. We have to do a very deep dive on it that. Is, uh, that might be more than 10, 15, 20 minutes. It, <laughs> I think it will be an hour long. But we definitely, we that's the whole reason we are doing this podcast is to give you more information. And we will definitely try to extract all the important knowledge and record it for our audiences. So, yeah. So back to the academic. <laughs> yeah. You have to maintain mm-hmm. by hook or by crook. Yeah. Not by crook. Only by hook. By, Only yes. by right means. Do yes. not cheat. <laughs> do not plagiarize. Yeah, we never did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to maintain a 2.0 grade point, grade point average. Grade point, yeah. Because... GPA. It doesn't sound like much, but once you're also working, you're trying to like catch up with all the assignments, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. If you fail a class, you can repeat at least one class. But if you fail again, like you get get into academic probation Mm -hmm. and you're put on hold, you cannot enroll into classes independently. You have to go through a counselor. So it's a whole lot of hassle. Mm -hmm. So save yourself that hassle. Um, the minimum requirement uh, is taking 12 credits, mm-hmm. which means each class is average three credits. Three, yes, so yeah. you're taking four classes per mm-hmm. semester. And this is for the undergrad? Yes, yeah, for undergrad. Yeah, undergrad. For grad yes. school, it's nine credits nine per credits, semester, yes. which is three classes. Yeah. Sometimes the credits are up and down depending mm-hmm. on how hard mm-hmm. the class is, what level the class is. But on average, that's what mm-hmm. it is. Do not ever... Um, overwork yourself and take too many classes Mm -hmm. start off with 12 credits yes in general when you you have to take 12 credit 
And sometimes what happens is that, let's say if you are taking a very hard class, um, for example, calculus, so if you're taking calculus and you have to take other classes, like other nine credits. So calculus in our school was three credit and you'll have to take another nine credit. There's no like, oh, I can I just take two classes? So it's not that much workload. doesn't matter how hard the classes are. You have to maintain that 12 credit per semester, uh, especially I think it's spring and fall. Mm-hmm. You have to maintain 12 credit yeah. for undergrad and nine for yeah. For, for grad, grad school, yeah. I think majority of schools run on um, a semester basis, mm-hmm. but there are a few exceptions. Some mm-hmm. cl- some colleges also run on quarterly basis. Mm-hmm. I know Louisiana Tech, mm-hmm. that university runs on a quarter- quarterly basis because one of my cousins went there. Um, but yeah, that's the average. Yeah. And finally, we also want to talk a little bit about the lack of manpower. Yeah. Uh, so we already uh, told you we'll post the article that we uh, that we collected these data from and you know uh, i read this saying somewhere if the business does not take care of the customers the customer will take their business somewhere else something like that but unfortunately um, you know america is a hub for great schools so a lot of students still come here despite having that gap in in consultation we say that there's a big lack of manpower because we were uh, talking about this lack of student counselors and how you have to just haunt them down. Yeah, so there are three kinds of counselors. Mm -hmm. Number one, immigration counselors, DSOs. I can't remember the full form. I will put it in the description box below. (laughs) And you can look check out the uh, our blog post as well. I'll Mm -hmm. put everything down over there. But anyways, there are very limited numbers of DSOs um, that are assigned for international students and there are limited amount of career counselors. So there are three types of counselors, career counselors, immigration counselors, and mental health counselors. So the what, what is student counselor? Are they? Career counselors. Okay, okay. So career counselors are separate from immigration mm-hmm. counselors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there is a huge disparity because when I was in grad school, um, usually this is very, very prevalent in public schools. I would have to wait for hours to get get to see somebody. Mm-hmm. And all the, they were all student workers, and I don't know how well they are trained. They're handling your immigration papers, so you have to be extra, extra careful. Mm-hmm. Um, and you cannot let anything slip, because if it slips, to fix that slip, you have to wait for weeks. And, you know, sometimes they blatantly say, oh, we just have too many people in front of you. This one time I had to go through a provost, the vice principal, Mm -hmm. the vice president of the college to get my voice heard. And Mm -hmm. it was heard, Mm -hmm. but it took talking to a manager. I think that's one line every international student needs to learn before coming to America is, can I talk to your manager, Can I talk to your manager, yes. (laughs) And so to give you a little bit of context about can I talk to your manager is uh, this happens to me a lot when I call USCIS office to inquire about my case or my immigration papers. Um, there's always level of employees in America. So uh, coming from Nepal, I didn't know that, but there's always level of employees. So if someone you're talking to directly behind the uh, the glass office, window. yeah, uh, yeah, behind the glass window. If they can't solve your problem, you should always ask to talk to their supervisor, because the chances are that the person behind the the glass door they don't have authority or they don't have information which these higher level personals in any 
office in schools or any other places have so you should definitely try to talk to them and you know like in Nepal I uh, I didn't really deal with a lot of admin work you know my dad was taking care of everything and when we came here and we're also I feel like a lot of Nepali people are also shy they don't they don't oh, want God. to they yes. don't want first of all you don't want to go in person and when you go if someone says no you're just like okay and then you just turn yeah. around right don't do that yeah dude I cried the first time I ever had to meet oh God. <laughs> this Hakim it was at a passport um, center in Zhapa mm-hmm. even though I was born and raised in Kathmandu mm-hmm. my parents were from Zhapa mm-hmm. I had to fly to Zhapa with my dad mm-hmm. not fly we took a bus mm-hmm. um, and we wanted to request like an expedited passport so the the hakim asked to talk to me he was like oh let me hear from her the student herself like who wants to go to america let me talk to her and i go in i completely break down oh my I, God. Like, i'm like <laughs> <laughs> crying and coming out of the door yeah. and then my dad that's not the i know by yeah, the way not now anymore. she will she will yes she will talk to your manager <laughs> and the manager's manager exactly so, yeah it's Okay, high five. That's a that's a good um, you know, growth. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. The only time I've had breakdown in a counselor's office is and it was totally my fault, right? So I wanted to study economics or international business, and when I changed my major, I did not realize the amount of classes that transferred from community college to uh mm-hmm. Baruch College did not transfer. I should have checked with my student counselor or career counselor. So this is another lesson that you can take from us. It's like go to student counselor office every beginning and at the end of the semester, make an appointment, go there, talk to them and see how many classes you need, see how many classes you don't need. I took so many classes that I never needed. Dude. And these classes are really expensive. If you're oh, an international yeah. student, mm-hmm. you pay so to give you an idea in state uh, the people who were born and raised in new york were paying i think $600 per credit versus um or per, per semester class. per class versus i was paying like 3500 which is a lot of money mm-hmm. i mean uh, it was close to that i think and so when i went to the student counselor i saw how many classes i took that i didn't need because i didn't do due diligence checking and it ended up uh for me to have uh like i had to take so many other classes and i thought i was going to graduate in certain time and i there was no way i was going to graduate so that was the time i, I yeah. remember crying at the office <laughs> <It> <laughs> always yeah. have your own back i mm-hmm. think that's one of the biggest lessons even mm-hmm. though we are worth this huge economy mm-hmm. like we're contributing so much we're paying taxes um I think we're neglected in a mm-hmm. lot of ways and I think the the best way to counter that is to be extremely vigilant and have your own back mm-hmm. and always be on the lookout for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, feel free to message us, you know, we're on Instagram, Facebook, we have our email, we will post it in in our description. So feel free to contact us too if you have any questions or if you're in doubt. By the way, Anuja, I I was thinking about that story you told me about one of your cousin who had to kind of go back because do you want to share uh, the, I I find that story very amazing so yeah. do you want to share that story My cousin was set to come to the US for fall semester He had initially applied for spring semester sorry not spring summer semester summer okay which is only a 3 month like gap semester not an actual semester but summertime mm-hmm. where he only you only have to take 6 to 9 credits mm-hmm. So he applied he got accepted 
Um, but the DSO and the international student counselors, they recommended, oh, why don't you uh, come in the spring instead, instead of coming in the summer? Sorry, not spring, fall, fall instead, okay. like the right after mm -hmm. the summer is over. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, okay, fine, you know, everything's done, ready, he has his visa, like he's set to go. And then he is flying through Dubai, And in Dubai, Dubai has uh, a U.S. Um, like customs. Immigration office, yeah, yeah customs. It's like yeah. A, they check everything before mm -hmm. they send people over. So when they checked the I-20, they were like, oh, you were supposed to be in America in the summer. Why are you just now going? The issue was that the counselors forgot to send him an updated I-20. I-20, And yes. he had no clue. Yeah. Now he's stuck in Dubai at at 1 a.m. in the morning mm -hmm. and he's calling me frantically he's like what do I do mm -hmm. and I am screaming and yelling at the person who is telling me that my cousin cannot go through and take his flight to America mm -hmm. so I was so pissed so I I told him hey can you at least arrange for a hotel he can't be staying at the airport all night so he arranged food ho like hotel mm -hmm. he had to go back to Nepal and get another ticket and come back mm -hmm. to, to America I can't imagine. Yeah. That must be I so much. I lost my... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that... Yeah, I yeah. can... Yeah. I wanted to share one of my stories, too, about this whole being on top of your paperwork and everything. So I took computer science in Borough College, mm -hmm. right? And I was all happy, you know, you get OPT, uh, which is optional practical training, which is a year that you can work as a student. And after that, you if you're a STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics major, you get an extra 17 on top of that 12 months OPT. And I was working in Chicago, very happy. And I, I read that you can extend the OPT 60 days after it expires. And I was under the impression like, okay, my OPT is expiring soon. I'm going to go uh, come back to Baruch College because you have to be in touch with the, your school the whole time as an international student, didn't matter, I was in Chicago, thousands of miles away. So when I come back to New York, and I check with my school to extend the 17 month I get as a STEM major, they literally told me, okay, you have actually 60 days to leave the country. So you can imagine I'm working in Chicago, I come to New York to file for extension for my OPT. And I literally had luckily things worked out for me. Um, there's different other ways. I got to stay here, but it was, it was really stressful at that time because not everybody is lucky and they have people looking out for them like I did. But after that, I, I realized the importance of reading everything mm -hmm. in the form, whatever brochure or anything your school gives you, just make sure you go through it and stay on top of it. And also go to student centers, talk to your your uh, classmates who are also international student and, and try to see how things are different in your school and please stay on top of the paperwork and immigration and everything. Yeah, band together, build mm -hmm. yourself a support system. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Really important. And ask questions. Yes. Like we said in the last yes. episode, always ask questions. Always ask questions. If you're questions. in doubt, <laughs> ask questions. Okay, so Anuja, do you want to add anything else to our podcast today or should we wrap up? I think we should wrap up. Mm -hmm. um, just to summarize everything, there's a lot of paperwork, so make sure you maintain it. Um, always have your own back. Always be a diligent student mm -hmm. because you have to maintain your academic standing. standing. Mm -hmm. 
and also learn to say can mm-hmm. i speak to your supervisor mm-hmm. can i speak to your manager mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. if they're if they're not able to help you if they're rude mm-hmm. if they're being impatient with you always sometimes you know when you're confused you don't understand guess what ask someone because when you're here in a foreign country you have to ask people otherwise if you just stay in your room confused you're going to get nowhere so just like ask people know your value as an international student you know if someone's like like anuja said if someone's not trying to cooperate with you just let them know that you're not there for free you're there because you have paid a certain amount of money you're thousands of miles away from your friends and family not to have fun but to go to school and learn something so there should be a mutual respect and just because you're a student doesn't mean that someone else can walk all over you exactly right? because yes. you're bringing in billions of dollars mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so with that message, we want to wrap up today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to our Kaskura podcast today. We are on SoundCloud, Apple's podcast. We're on Google Play. We're also on Spotify. So you can listen to us in any of these platform. And if you have any questions or comment, you can also follow us on Instagram at Kaskura Podcast and on Facebook at Kaskura Podcast. And you can always email us at kaskurapodcast at gmail.com. And also don't forget to read our blog post if you want to learn a little bit more about our episode and also all the links that we have mentioned in the program will be posted on the blog post as well. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Namaste. Namaste.